0: reading this morning is Luke 21, verses 25 to 36. There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. Men will faint from terror apprehensive as what is is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near." He told them this parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that the kingdom of God is near. I tell you the truth, this generation will certainly not pass away. Until all these things have happened, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Be careful, or your hearts will be weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on the watch. And pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen. And that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man.
1: Well, I hope you like our um, Christmas tree and new Christmas decorations. They've all been kindly given by members of the congregation. So uh, it's nice to see uh, the place looking so festive for all our Christmas celebrations. So let's pray, shall we? Lord, grant us the grace to desire you and in desiring to seek your face. And that in seeking that we will find you. And love you with our whole heart. Amen. Well, I remember one of our youth group about 15 years ago in Stoke. A lovely lad called Jason. But boy was he gullible. When he started on his YTS, you know the youth training scheme, can you remember that? Yeah. Um, he did so at Ford's, the Ford garage in Stoke. And his colleagues really, really teased him. Poor lad. On one occasion, he was sent to the parts department for a long wait. (laughs) And an hour later, they put the poor boy out of his misery. This was the same lad who, when he was uh, really nervous for his interview, somebody said to him, did you... Do you need some Dutch courage? And he said, what on earth is that? And then somebody laughed and he said, what? I've never even been to Holland. (laughs) Poor boy. But Advent reminds all Christians that we're in for a long wait. We wait for Christ's coming into the world. But our reading uh, this morning from Scripture reminds us that it isn't easy at all. That reading highlights that this waiting is tough for Christians. It was hard for the early church shortly after Jesus' life, death and his resurrection. And it's hard for us too in many ways. So then how do we wait? What does this waiting involve? Well, the answer, of course, is the same for us as it was for those first Jerusalem Christians. Wait. Patiently for Jesus. Prop your eyes open. Watch for him. Pray for the strength to face whatever comes your way. Pray for the inspiration. Pray for the power needed to live a life that makes a positive difference for Jesus. Even though the world has little or no appetite for him. This is what being a follower of Jesus is about. Not adrenaline pumping, crowds cheering, not popularity, fame or success. No, it's the steady, never-ending rhythm of prayer, hope, scripture, communion, witness, service and giving. Day in, day out, week in, week out. And it's not reserved for those with this around their necks either. It's for every one of us. And so the watching and praying of Advent isn't a passive waiting. It isn't a sitting around. It involves some maintenance work on the way that we live out our faith. As we prepare our hearts and our lives for the coming of Jesus, we're challenged to make a spiritual assessment of our lives and our hearts. The waiting of Advent leads us to engage with the spiritual issues God is bringing to light to enable us to keep on keeping on in our Christian living. One of the biggest issues we have to face as a church at the moment comes out of the challenges highlighted on Vision Sunday back in October. It involves letting go of the things that hold us back from trusting God so that we can share the burden of giving together as a community. Being free to give generously from the money God has given us, free to give from all that God has given us through his gracious generosity. We have a very generous core of givers in our church community and they carry the life and the ministry of Christ Church, Baston Hill, forward. Some of our church community give so very generously. Are you one of them? Am I? Or is God speaking to you today? Encouraging you to be increasingly generous in your giving to him? This isn't an easy topic to talk about, I find it hard. For some, talking about money in church is disliked. But this is a deeply, deeply spiritual issue for our church community, and we can't ignore it any longer. We've danced around it, we've hinted at it, we've sort of gone near there, but we've never quite tackled it fully. The bottom line is, that our church needs to address this spiritual issue. We can't ignore it any longer. And it involves every single one of us. This week, uh, amazingly, through the post on Thursday, I received a letter from the Bishop of Litchfield. A leaflet, in fact, as well. And um, it said, uh, a letter from the Bishop of Lichfield to all preachers. Now, bear in mind that I've been praying about this topic, this sermon, for weeks now, months. Uh, God's really been challenging me and placing it on my heart. And then on Thursday, I received this. It says, giving is good for you. That's the title of this leaflet. The Holy Spirit does not ask us to manage decline, but to pray and plan for growth. Now, what an amazing encouragement that was from my bishop and your bishop as I prayed about this and I prepared uh, for this sermon. And on Wednesday Christchurch hosted a wonderful lecture from Christina Baxter who uh, retired as the principal of St. John's Theological College uh, this year. Uh, A wonderful old friend of ours. uh, She's had a big impact uh, on uh, on Kate as she was her principal when Kate uh, did her training and then I did my master's at, at St. John's and so she was my principal then uh, you know, while I did that, and um, she's just been uh, a great prayer support for us. And she's this wonderful lecture, and she too was addressing the need for the church to tackle the spiritual issue of giving. That was just a few days before I preached. And it's no wonder, because our financial giving as a church community here at the moment does not fully match what we say about ourselves. And it doesn't match what God is asking of us as a church community either. Because this year, at the moment, it looks like we'll fall well short of our giving target for 2012 by up to £20,000. At the end of the day, we have all the money that we need as a church community. It's just that that money is in our pockets and in our bank accounts. Of course I realise that for some money is very difficult. Money is tight. Maybe circumstances have changed or maybe your money just won't stretch far enough and I understand completely. I really do. I don't want anybody to feel guilty. I don't want anybody to give because they feel pressurised into it. Please hear me when I say that but we can all give generously out of what we've been given. Uh, A lady called Lynn Twist wrote this in her book, The Soul of Money. When you let go of trying to get more of what you don't really need, it frees up oceans of energy to make a difference with what you have. When you let go of trying to get more of what you don't really need, it frees up oceans of energy to make a difference with what you have. God wants Christ Church, Baston Hill, to be on his adventure together as one, aiming towards the giving principle demonstrated by the PCC of tithing our income. A gift that is our first and best, not a gift that's given out of what's left over. A gift that is the first thing we do in the week or in the month. A gift that's the best we can possibly give to God. Some time ago, PCC, on behalf of Christchurch, made the very, very good decision to give 10% of our income through our giving to God's mission beyond the parish. It's a wonderful act of generosity that makes such a difference to many projects and people all over the world. Giving 10% is often called a tithe. It's a way of interpreting our first and our best gift. But we give that 10% from PCC funds, even though at present our church community does not collectively give 10% of our personal income. Now, that doesn't seem right to me. It doesn't seem right to me as I pray about it. It lacks integrity a good deal of integrity. Now I don't mean at all that the PCC shouldn't give away that money. No, no, far from it. I mean to challenge us all to aim for this principle of giving. At the moment the simple fact is that we're not giving enough to support our mission, ministry and building. We're not giving enough for growth. We're only giving enough for decline. I know I'm not in this ministry for decline. God didn't call me here to see the church dwindle. If you believe in our strategy to invest in the future of the church, as we desperately need to, then giving's got to increase. We all of us need to buy into the vision that God has given us. And we need to by asking God to help us to give our first and our best gift to Him, even 10%. God has challenged Kate and I to trust Him for what we need and to give our first and best gift to Him each and every month. Kate and I give over a tenth of our income to church. We also give one-off gifts in addition to that. For Kate and I, there are always, always other things we could use our money on. Some things we would like. Other things we would see as our needs, like increasing our not-so-promising pension (laughs) funds or our savings. And yet God has asked us to trust him, and he's never once let us down. We always have what we need and much more besides. And if that promise is true for us, then it's definitely true for you. Just lately, God has been challenging me in a big way about this issue. And I feel the challenge on behalf of us all as your vicar. To be honest, God has been making me squirm. And maybe we all of us need to squirm a bit if it helps us to follow Jesus more fully. I see where God wants to take us. And I also see the shortfall in the resources we need to get us there. And God is stirring up in me the passion to encourage us to do something about it. And I won't stop, I promise you. Because of this, I think it's important that we have the opportunity to respond to God's challenge today, even if it makes us feel a little or quite a bit uncomfortable. You know, God can work with uncomfortable. The Bible is littered (laughs) with examples of people who God made feel very uncomfortable. As we watch and wait for Christ, and we assess our hearts and our lives, I can't think of a better day to address this issue than Advent Sunday. And so, in order to respond, I'd like us to do two things. Firstly, I'd like us to respond to God's challenge for us to travel light, to symbolically lay down those things that God is wanting us to let go of, so so that we can trust him for the things that we need. Me to lay down those things that stop us from giving generously. I don't mean giving at all, but I mean giving generously. And there's something for all of us. There's definitely things for me. So please don't say I'm the only one. So what is it for you? What prevents you? I know what it is for me. I'm going to ask Laura now. She's going to come and and say something, a story from her own experience uh, to help us think about this issue of laying down.
2: Um, I firstly want to say that I'm feeling a bit nervous about this, mainly because I'm feeling like a bit of a fraud because I know that I don't always give my best and my first to God. And I wanted to start by telling you a story of how um, I went to India a couple of years ago, to a community in Andhra Pradesh. And there, I went to the lowest of the lowest village, which was a rat catcher village, that's what they did. And I remember sitting there, and they brought up to the front their tithe. And their tithe was 10% of their food, because that's all that they could give. But that was all that they gave. And I remember going then to a leprosy colony that this ministry was supporting. And this village of lepers didn't have enough to eat. And I turned around to the pastor and I said, how much would it cost to feed everyone in this village for a month? And he said, £250. And I wept. <laughs> and But I didn't weep for them. I wept for me because... I knew that I wasn't living up to all that God had for me and I knew that for me money was more important than the lives of those halfway across the world. And then I came back and I went to a youth conference and the whole time God was pestering me about this issue of money and I went to a seminar and there was an amazing guy there called Chris Rogers who was speaking and you know that when he speaks he speaks with integrity because he left his really cosy life um, as a cosy vicar, and he went to Tower Hamlets, and he went and moved into the estate, and he gave everything in order to serve those people. And there he said to us, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And he challenged us, who here owns a pair of jeans? And everyone put their hand up. And he said, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Who owns a phone? Hands went up. And he kept on at this point, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And slowly but surely the cogs turned and we realized none of us own a pair of jeans, none of us own a phone, none of us own a bank account, none of us own a penny in that bank account because the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And it was then that God prompted me to sell all my possessions and give it to that leprosy colony. And I sat there and I thought, God, I can't do that. It won't amount to anything. And the thing that held me back, as petty as it was, was a set of DVDs that I really enjoyed watching, which is really pathetic, I know. And I was like, God, I really enjoy watching that. I watch it all the time. And God said, is that the only thing holding you back from giving your all to me? And again, I wept. And. I went back into the main session where there was about 2,000 youth workers there and an amazing lady called Danielle Strickland was speaking who headed up the Fairtrade campaign to um, Cadbury's. And there she told us a story about a lady called Agnes who had heard from the call from God to give everything that she was. And one time she uh, decided to follow God's call And she repented of everything that she hadn't given to God and walked fully into all that God had for her and it transformed her. And we might know her as um, St. Teresa of Calcutta or Mother Teresa. And she was a lady whose feet were crippled because she gave the best shoes to the children that she worked with. And for, for her, she gave absolutely everything to what God had called her to. Nothing was left behind. And she invited us to come up and do the same. And it sounds a bit morbid, but there was lots of um, sort of old-style funeral music that went on in the background. And we were invited to come and die and lay ourselves prostrate on the floor as an offering to God and give everything that we had to him to, in order to walk into a new way of living and a new way of life. And I knew at that moment that what God had been challenging me on was what I needed to give up. And so I decided to walk up to the front, right at the back of everyone else, so it was a long wait. And I laid myself prostrate on the floor and they covered me with this black blanket in order to represent me dying to my old self. And then they pulled it back, they gave me a new name and I walked on. And for me that was even more powerful than my baptism and that was a pretty powerful experience. And so I went home and I sold all my stuff. And I went into Cash Converters, and it's such a dark and a horrible, horrible place. And I, I had probably about £300 pounds worth of DVDs, and I sold it for 40 in this place. This is how much they rip people off. And I remember being so angry at God. I was like, I could have got more for my money here, and I could have given more to you. But in that experience, I turned round, and there was a lady who had a pair of straighteners in one hand and a DVD in the other, And her child was crying because she didn't have any food. And her mum said, hold on a minute, I'm gonna get one pound 50 for this, and then I can go and buy you lunch. And that was heartbreaking, because that's all she had to give as well. But it was was purely to survive, it was nothing else. And I thought that after that time, God would bless me, because I was part of a church that had a very blessing-centered theology, That if you give all that you are, God will give that back tenfold, and it will be amazing, and it will be happy. And do you know what happened the next week? My car broke down. I couldn't afford to fix it because I'd given all my money away. And it was a horrible time, really stressful actually. But I knew that I had done all that God had asked me to do, and God continued to challenge me on that. And every time someone asked something from me, I would have to say yes. It was my yes principle. So when I had a child come up to me and say, that's a really nice necklace. Could I have that? I'd go, yes. And I'd give it away. And it was the most powerful thing that I've ever done. And because I was able to encounter God in such a deep and powerful and meaningful way. And all power that money or possessions or life had over me was gone. Because whatever I had, I then gave freely away. But I have to admit, that hasn't (laughs) continued. I'm not a saint in giving by any means. But I just wanted to challenge you. Um, Is this something that God's asking you to do? To give up all perhaps that you might have, knowing that actually God might not bless you back in the way that you imagine, but might free you from the anxieties that life brings in terms of provision and trusting. Uh, So that's my my challenge for you. uh, But also I want you to be encouraged by that.
1: Thank you so much. So that's laying down then. We'll each be given a stone in a moment or two. And I want to, to invite us all to hold this and to think of the things that prevent us from trusting God for all that we need. So what is it for you? Is it fear? Is it lack of trust in the church leadership to deal with money? The struggle to trust that God will provide all that you need? The desire to have more things, more security? The stone is to represent all of those things. If you're going on the walk later, you can keep the stone and you can take it with you. And carry it up Lith Hill and lay it down up there. Those who are not walking, of course, probably most of us will be able to come forward and then make a a small cairn, just a a pile of stones here as we lay these things down in the worship area. The second thing that we're going to ask uh, to do is having symbolically laid down these things is to make a fresh offering of money. I realise that for some of you, uh, you may not be able to increase giving or, or, or respond in that way if finances are, t- are tight or if circumstances prevent you. But we're all going to be given an Advent Sunday response slip. And I'd like you to read that and the challenge is for all of us To give our first and our best gift to God this Advent. Not a gift that's a little from what's left over. And on this form we're asked to do two things. To give a one-off financial gift to God to help us reach our giving target for 2012. A gift, however small, will make a difference. You might not be able to give that gift today of course. That's fine, just please remember to do so in the days ahead. And if you're a visitor to Christchurch, please don't feel that you are obliged to respond in any way. But if 200 of us give an average of hundred pounds, I and mean, this is just some maths, well that's the 20,000 pounds needed to reach our target. Our giving isn't just a problem for the PCC, or for me, or the staff, or the church wardens, or those who earn significant amounts of money. This is something God wants us all to address. And I'm asking us all to make a pledge, a second thing, of regular giving that aims towards a tithe, a gift that is our first and best, not out of what's left over. And again, those who are walking up this hill can pray and chat about this and then respond at the top of the hill. But for those who are just coming to the nine o'clock, then um, these forms will come round. I've got pens Um, I'm asking you all to complete this form. You're all members of Christ Church. And then the giving plate is going to be passed round to collect those. Please fold them over. I'm not going to read them. I'm not going to check up or anything like that. I'm praying like mad. And I'm trusting that God will just provide for this £20,000. I'm praying for a miracle. I'm praying that God will soften our hearts. So I'm going to uh, ask Steve if he'll help give the stones out and then we'll begin.